So uh, we're just going to go ahead and pray, guys, and then we're going to get into the lesson for tonight. All right, so let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. Uh, Father, I just pray that you uh, just cleanse me, Lord, of any uh, sin, Lord. I pray that you just wash me, Lord. I pray, uh, Lord, for this uh, next short moments tonight that that you come meet with us tonight, Lord. I pray that you would just take your word, Lord, and press upon the hearts of the young people in here tonight. Lord, I pray that you would do a work that, Lord, that only you can do. Uh, Father, I don't know what uh, someone may be going through tonight, Lord, but you know exactly what they need. And Father, no matter what I say tonight, Lord, I just, I know and we believe that you can take this word and press it upon the hearts of the young people in here. Father, I pray that your spirit will be felt. I pray that you just uh, speak to me, Lord, it can be clarity of thought. Lord, again, uh, Father, I just pray that you just do a work tonight, Lord. We need you. Uh, we need you, Lord. I pray that you talk to us, Lord. Show us something out of your scriptures. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your goodness, Lord. Your name I pray. Amen. All right, guys. Luke chapter 6 is uh, actually where we're going to be tonight. Luke chapter 6. And actually, I had come across this, I believe, in in uh, my personal devotions. And actually, um, you know, it seems like from Matthew all the way up to this part, you know, this is when Jesus is doing a lot of healing. He's going around and you know, the people are trying to find the excuses to crucify him and the Pharisees and he's calling people out and all these things. So Luke chapter six, <clears throat> excuse me, is where we're going to be tonight. And I'm going to read a couple verses. Of course, then we're going to get into the message for tonight. So Luke chapter six, we're going to start in verse 43. Verse 43 says, for a good tree bringeth not forth corrupt fruit. Neither does a corrupt tree uh, bring forth good fruit. For every tree is known by his own fruit. For of thorns, for of thorns, men do not uh, gather figs, nor of a bramble uh, bush gather the grapes. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. But of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. And why call ye me, Lord, Lord? And do not the things that I say. Mm. Guys, the springboard uh, verse that we're going to jump on tonight is verse 43. Verse 43, let's read it again. It says, for a good tree bringeth not forth good fruit. Uh, for a good tree bringeth not forth corrupt fruit. Neither does a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. So I guess the title of the lesson or whatever it is tonight, it may sound kind of weird because we usually don't call ourselves this. But as I was reading this and as I was kind of preparing this, and actually, I'll be honest with you. This was actually for your wife's class um, that we didn't finish on Sunday. But as I, I'll be honest with you, as I was preparing this for her class, I knew you had asked me to speak. And as I was preparing this, the Lord was like, you know what? You need to do that for the teenagers on Friday night. So this is the title of the message tonight. Which tree am I? Okay. Or I know it's kind of weird to think as far as like trees, you know, we don't call ourselves tree. So let's change. Say, which, what kind of Christian am I? Okay, it says in verse 43, am I a good one and or am I a corrupt one? Right. It's only two. Okay, either we're good or we're corrupt. Okay, so what we're going to get into tonight, guys, is what makes us a good Christian? What makes us a corrupt Christian or, or signs? Excuse me, let me rephrase that. Signs of a good Christian, signs of a corrupt Christian. So number one is a good Christian. Guys, this is very simple. This is extremely simple. If you, you know, I've, the Lord has given me the opportunity to speak many times, and I usually like to keep things very, <laughs> very basic and very simple. So this is not difficult to understand. Everybody went in here to say, I desire to be a good Christian. 
But I feel like after tonight, we will know where we stand. Mm -hmm. Now, I will say this. Depending on where we are, we can move from one to the other. Okay? We can move from one to the other. If we may consider ourselves, now when I say a good Christian, I'm not talking about being arrogant or, or prideful or anything like that. I'm just saying as far as we know, as much as we can't, we're, we're serving the Lord and doing what we're supposed to do. Right. So it's not a pride thing or arrogant thing. Uh -huh. All right? So signs of a good Christian and signs of a corrupt Christian. Number one, a good Christian, guys, very simple, is obedient. Right. We say this all the time. I've said this, I don't know how many times in our class, teen class, in the junior girls, and even in the auditorium. The word obedience, just do as you're told. Right. It says at the end of verse 46, and why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? Yeah. It's amazing to me how many of God's people would say, I love the Lord. Then why don't, why aren't we obedient? Mm -hmm. Do not say we love the Lord if we're not obedient to him. Yeah. Because the Bible says we are a liar and the truth is not in us. Yes, sir. I'm just telling you what the book says. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter whether we agree with it or not. I was talking to, uh, I don't know, this just popped in my head. This, <clears throat> this may not have anything to do with the, uh, the mess for the night, but I was talking to a gentleman today. I was telling my wife, telling Ms. Tamara that I was leaving the clinic that I was at today and there was a, a worker, like a construction guy working on the automatic doors. And I had given him a track. I said, hey, man, hey, brother. I had, I had seen him earlier in the week in the same clinic. So I had given him a track today and uh, invited him out to church. And we happened to be working in the same room for about a couple minutes. And he asked me, he said, well, what kind of church is this? Is it a Christian church? And I said, well, it's a Baptist church. So, you know, he says, um, can I ask you a question? <laughs> you get nervous. Me get nervous. I'm like, oh Lord, where is this going? <laughs> so sure, of course. Um, so he started to ask me all these kind of questions. And the Lord gave me the opportunity to witness to the guy. So I took the track and witnessed to him, told him about the Lord. He did not pray to get saved, but he was extremely confused. Mm. He was all over the place. I don't even know why I'm telling you this. It just popped in my head. This guy was, he wasn't disrespectful or anything, but he was just so all over the place. Mm. You know, his mindset was, well, I just don't understand. And I was trying to tell him. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. That's right. Uh, what's, my, my wife said the verse, and I didn't, you know how sometimes people say verses and you don't think about them at the time. Uh, what's what's the verse by the time? Lean not until thy own understanding in all thy ways. Acknowledge him. Uh -huh. I believe it's Proverbs. Uh -huh. You know, it's not what, it's not our understanding, it's his. Right. Okay, so guys, am I a good Christian? A good Christian is obedient. Familiar portions of familiar verses and that we're going to turn to to remind us that if we say, if we say I'm a good Christian, then we need to be obedient to God's commands. Mm -hmm. John 14. John chapter 14. <clears throat> John chapter 14. And uh, 1415, I think, but I don't know, Brother Tom, if you mentioned that we've used this many times. Yeah. If ye love me, keep my commandments. Yes, Someone who says, I am a good Christian, do we keep God's commandments? His commandments are not grievous. Right. That's what the book says. His commandments are not grievous. God is not going to, we we make his command grievous because honestly, we just don't, we don't want to be obedient, to be honest. Yep. We want to do our own thing. And we make his commandments to be grievous when they're not, because his book says that they're not. God is not asking us to do anything hard or that we that he cannot give us the ability to do. We just refuse to do these things. 
Same book, John 14, 15, look at verse 23. Mm -hmm. Jesus answered and said unto him, if any man love me, what will he do? He will keep my words. Are we obedient? Am I a good Christian? Do I consider myself one? First, uh, excuse me, first John. First John. <clears throat> There's a lot of verses here that we're going to read. First John. Um, a couple of verses. We're going to start and give you a couple of time to get there. Uh, flipping pages. So we're talking about, am I a good Christian? Okay. Do I consider myself to be a good Christian? First John chapter two, look at verse uh, three. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Right. He that saith, I know him and keepeth not his commandments. We just mentioned this is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his words in him, verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. Verse six when it says that word ought, that tells me there's a choice. It's kind of like the word if. You know, I've said this kind of, I've said this many times before. When you read in the Bible and you see the word if, that tells me there's a choice here. Yes, there's a decision right. that needs to be made. Right. The Bible says, God says, if you do this, I'll do this. If you do this, I'll do this. That lets me know I have a decision to make. <clears throat> Am I going to be obedient? Am I going to be a good Christian? Guys, being a good Christian, regardless of who's around. Right. Regardless of where you are, regardless of what other people may do or say, people that you love and respect dearly, will I still continue to be a good Christian and obey his commandments? Everybody would say that I am. One of his commandments is obey your parents and people that have the rule over you. Right. Are you are you rebellious? Mm. You disrespectful? Mm. You disobedient mm. to your authority, whomever that may be? Right. Am I a good Christian? When people see us, whether you go to work or to school, even if you go to Christian school, some of you go to school here. Do when you go to Christian, a lot of you, if not all, except for a couple, of you, you go to Christian school here. When they just say, you know what, that's a good kid. And it's not, again, it's not a prideful thing. It's not an arrogant thing. And remember, we may say, you know, in ourselves, not a prideful thing, you know, well, I'm trying to do the best I can. That's great. Stay on that path. Right. Because at any time in our Christian walk, we can fall off. That's right. Anyone can. James chapter 1. James chapter 1, <laughs> verse 22, we can quote it. Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Are we obedient? Ladies and gentlemen, a good Christian is obedient to God's commands. And you know what? Another thing I was just thinking about, Brother Tom, is that the commands that 
somebody that's trying to do the, the best they can and, and the good Christian, the commands that we read, like it says, we won't take them as, oh. we look at it as a, we should look at it as a privilege because of what God has done for us. It's a privilege to be able to serve him. Yes, it is. But you know what? Unfortunately, you have some of God's people and young people who treat it like it's a chore. You know, I was thinking about this not too long ago. Of course, everybody knows where I went to college. And there's a, actually most of my family, a lot of them, we all are graduates of PCC. And I was talking to my wife one day about, let's be honest, some of the people that are close to me. And I said to her, I said, you know, what? it's almost seemed like that they have a hatred for the university, for the PCC. And I thought, why would you have a hatred for a place that's trying to get you to serve God? Mm. Now, I'm not going to get all into where I think they're headed now. But a place that tries to teach you to serve the Lord and worship him. Why would we treat that place? I'm never going back there. Mm -hmm. Why are you so hateful towards it? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. People say, I'm never going to Woodlawn, back to Woodlawn. Well, Woodlawn's not perfect, neither is any other church. Mm -hmm. But why are you so hateful mm -hmm. towards a place, to the best of our ability, right. we try to help you and encourage you to serve the Lord? Yes, sir. That's a problem there. Yeah. That's a, a, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, um, a carnal Christian. Mm -hmm. Guys, do you look at God's commandments that way? Mm. Or this is another thing. You may do them, but your heart is all wrong. You're obedient, but God knows your heart. It's just like Miss Tamara said today in chapel. You can see some of the kids who are there, but they're not there. Yeah. Brother Tom, you see, you see the kids in teen class that are there, but they're not there. Yep. Something's going on. You're, you're someplace else. Yep. Am I a good Christian? Am I obedient? Do I do as I'm told? So number one, like I said, a good Christian is obedient. These are things we haven't heard before. We're going to go over again. A good Christian is faithful. Mm -hmm. Is faithful. First Samuel. Now, well, I'm not going to probably spend a whole lot of time on, you know, the, the I have a lot of information on this corrupt part. First Samuel chapter 12, excuse me. First Samuel chapter 12, a good Christian is faithful. Guys, if you can be in the house of God, you should be here. Should be here. We've said this before. I understand things happen. Sick, out of town, stuff like that. We get it. Okay, we get it. But unfortunately, that is not the problem I think today with a lot of God's people. They're not in church because they just don't want to be here. Okay, we said being faithful. Of course, I have written down here, faithful to church. First Samuel chapter 12, look at verse, uh, let me see, look at verse 24. Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart. For consider how great things he has done for you. Consider how great things he has done for us. You know, if God never... We've heard preachers say this. If he ever never answered another prayer because he died for us and we don't have to go to hell, that should be enough. That's right. Mm -hmm. 
Now, he if we serve him and do what we're supposed to do, he blesses us, you know, tremendously. But guys, a good Christian, I think some of you, you were in the car. No, I don't know if you was in there. I'm Izzy. A good Christian is obedient. A good Christian is faithful to church. And also, a good Christian is faithful in reading their Bible. How many times, Brother Tom, how many times have we talked about this? We talk about this all the time. And so many, I think that's one of the things that. That's probably, I think, honestly, those two things, church attendance and Bible reading, a lot of Christians struggle with. Yeah. Those two things. They struggle with those two things, which I really don't understand. I really don't understand why. Because if you think about it, we read so much stuff throughout the day as far as other things. But for some reason, we can't find time to spend time with the Lord. Because for some of us, it's not important to us. I've said this before. We shouldn't read our Bible just because it's a book challenge or just studying for a verse or whatever it is. We should be faithful in reading God's word. Go back to Deuteronomy chapter 17. Deuteronomy chapter 17. And we're going to jump down. We're going to read talking about being faithful. I know and uh, a good Christian is faithful in reading the Bible. Mm -hmm. Every day. All the time. You know what a you know what a good Christian does? A good Christian does, even though the bus or you don't leave for school until like 7, 7.30, a good Christian will get up at 6. Or 6.30. Just so they can spend time in God's word. Mm -hmm. Just so they can do that. See what happens is. Look. Don't make excuses because school has started. Right. We make a lot of excuses. School has started. So, so since school started. We stopped reading our Bibles. Mm -hmm. The Bible doesn't say. Just read your Bible in the summertime. When you have all the time in the world. This is daily, all the time. Mm -hmm. We say and may consider ourselves or want to be a good Christian. A good Christian would get up earlier just to spend time in God's word. That's it, bro. Let me tell you something. I've said this before. I am not a morning person. I hate to get up. Now, Miss Tamara, I don't know. I think she's a morning person because she falls asleep so early. That's that's if she falls, she probably sleep now. <laughs> she falls asleep early so she can get up in the morning. I am not. I usually stay up late and get up early. Okay, so I'm not a morning person. But you know what? This again, guys, this is not a private thing. I know that if I I was telling somebody this other day, I was having a conversation with a young person. And I was telling them, before I go out to work, now I work in a secular world, you all know. And it's a bunch of wickedness that I hear. And have to deal with for eight hours. Mm -hmm. All kinds of filth. All kinds of profanity. Mm -hmm. All kinds of wickedness. Mm -hmm. Then Brother Tom. I have to hear some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. That I don't want to hear. Mm -hmm. 
How do I keep my mind pure? Mm -hmm. How do I keep my attitude right? How do I stay on the right path? By spending time in God's word. Yes, sir. It's one of the reasons. It's one of the ways. Spending time in God's word. And spending time in God's word, ladies and gentlemen, to actually get something out of it. Not just, see, this is, look, I, I've been there. I've been there. Some of us read the Bible just so when somebody asks us, did we read our Bible this morning? We can say yes. That's the only reason why we read it. We have no idea what we read. That is the wrong way to read the Bible. Eventually, you're just going to stop reading. Reading it to hear from God. To get something from him before you start your day. It doesn't matter that you come. See, you kids that come to Christian school here, things are structured. You don't have to worry about the profanity for the most part. You don't have to worry about wicked music. You don't have to worry about a lot of these things that some of us have to hear. So some of us that may be complaining because we have to come to school here and all the rules that we have here, you better thank the Lord for Amen. it. And be grateful for it. Right. You all know, I went to public school. Some of you came from public school. I do, when, I've said this before, when Miss Tamara and I first got married and we were starting to start our family, I told her, I do not want to send our kids to public school. Because I remember the wickedness and filth that I heard yeah. for from 7th grade all the way to 12th grade. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to put my kids in that situation if I can help them. Mm -hmm. So ladies and gentlemen, do I consider myself a good Christian? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do. Did you read your Bible today? Some of you probably didn't. You probably didn't. Some of you probably might not have even read it yesterday. No, some of you did. Now, again, don't get big-headed. You shouldn't get big-headed because anybody can fall off. Right. Spending time in God's Word. There's a lot of verses we have here. Oh, Tom, I don't know how to. This is not your. Oh, oh, is that what you do? Look at the time. Oh, okay. All right. So am I, do I consider myself a good Christian? A good Christian is obedient. A good Christian is faithful. They're faithful to church. They're faithful to spending time in God's word. They're also faithful to prayer. Yeah. I've said this. I'm going to say it again. I'm a broken record. The greatest tool a Christian has, but the one we don't use, the one we use the least right. is prayer. Right. Prayer moves the hand of God. Right. And we don't do it. Mm -hmm. Or... We do it and nothing happens immediately and then we stop. Prayer takes time. Prayer is work. It's work because you have to focus. And there's a lot of distractions today. This is one of them. That's right. This is why I'll be honest with you. In the morning, when I'm spending time in God's word, I'll be honest with you. I put my I'll put this under the pillow. Or either I'll put it under the blanket. Or I turn the face over. Well, I can't do that because then the light flashes. I got to put it away because when that light flashes, you got a notification. So your mind is immediately gone. Distraction, then it's not, it's not sinful. Prayer. You say, well, I don't have time in prayer. And when am I going to do it? Okay, let's go back to what we said before. A good Christian will get up early. And spend time with the Lord. Because we want to get close to him and build that relationship with him. Why? Because I am a sinner. I am flesh. I'm telling you, this is why. I, this is I, I think for me, 
I pound her so much because I know, again, I'm not trying to do woe is me, brother Tom, oh, you got to go through Because of the junk I have to hear, brother Tom, this is why reading the Bible and prayer, I hit it so hard. That's right. That's right. Because if I don't do this, I can get sucked into the conversations and all the stuff that they talk about That's at work. Right. I don't want any problem. I'm going to be a little transparent with you. No, I'm not going to say that because we're in mixed company and there's some young people in here. So I'm not going to say that. But the stuff I got to hear, this is why I pound it so much. Mm -hmm. I've said to you many times before, this is why I have earbuds. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to hear the garbage on this radio. Mm -hmm. It drives me crazy. Am I a good Christian? Okay. Yeah, I am. Are we obedient? Mm -hmm. Do we spend time with God? Don't. Don't sit here and say you are don't, and you're not doing any of these things. Mm. Honestly, you know if you're not. Yeah. You do. That's right. You know exactly. Now, you can put on a front for a while. But eventually, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Right. Mm -hmm. It's going to come out eventually. Mm -hmm. I've always said this. Time will tell. I've said it to my kids. I've said it to anybody. Time will tell. Yes, it does. Time will tell how somebody really is. Eventually, it's going to come out. Be sure, let me say this, be sure your sins will find you out. That's right. Now, we don't know when it's going to come out. But the Bible says if we continue in doing the garbage and the sin and the bad attitude that we're hiding and all the stuff that we're sneaking around and our parents may not know and we're keeping it from our teachers. This is one thing that's driving me crazy. I keep hearing, now this, I keep hearing all these kids in school bringing their phones when you know you're not supposed to have them. That's a problem. The rule is leave your phone in your locker. Stop bringing it to class. Be sure your sins will find you out. You're sneaking around here. You're doing stuff. You're saying stuff to your little friends that nobody knows about. You think God is deaf? It's amazing me how we say, well, no, he's not deaf. But sometimes we act like it, brother Tom. We act like he's deaf and blind and dumb. That's how some of us live our lives, that God has no idea what we're doing. You can play the game all you want. God knows your heart. Mm -hmm. You can be just as obedient your whole time here in school. God knows your heart. Why is it that we have kids go through the school, graduate, and they never come back? Mm -hmm. Because out of their heart, their mouth speaketh. Mm -hmm. What you do eventually, what's in here eventually is going to come out. What, good or bad? Good or bad? Right. What's in your heart will eventually come out. That's right. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. Am I a good Christian? Am I obedient? Am I faithful to church? Am I faithful in reading my Bible? And am I faithful in prayer? Okay, see, now go back to Luke chapter 6 where we started. Luke chapter 6 is where we started. Verse 43 was our verse where it says, For a good tree bringeth not forth corrupt fruit. So it said a good tree doesn't bring forth corrupt fruit. It does what it's supposed to do. Okay? Neither does a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. So now, first of all, we looked at the good Christian or the good tree. Now we're going to look at the corrupt Christian. Most people will say, I'm not a corrupt Christian. Okay. We will see. Of course, you know I'm a big component of definitions. Corrupt. To defile or pollute. Corrupt. 
Am I a corrupt Christian? Do I, as a Christian, defile or pollute? You don't go down to the uh, um, Anacostia River and drink the water. <laughs> exactly, but Tom, <laughs> are you lost your mind? You know why? Because it's polluted. Because when you get it in your body, it will do damage. Are you a polluted Christian? Do you try to corrupt those around you? Exodus 32. Exodus 32. Exodus chapter, what are we talking about? We're talking about the word corrupt right now. And the word corrupt means to defile or pollute. Exodus 32, and we're going to start, we're going to read a couple verses here. We're going to start in verse 1. Exodus 32, verse 1. And remember, we're talking about defile or pollute. Exodus 32, verse 1. And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up make us gods which shall go before us, for as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what is become of him. Verse 2 kind of blows me away because Aaron didn't even question. Aaron didn't even say, wait a minute, guys. Wait a second. What are you doing? Pollute or corrupt? Are you a Christian that tries to corrupt somebody? <clears throat> we try to put them away by snickering, making comments, making fun, bad attitude. Again, you're here, but you're not here. You're on the bus, but you're not on the bus. You're in school, Christian school, but you're not in Christian school. You're in church, but you're not in church. And a, a corrupt Christian. Verse 2. And Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, of your sons, and of your daughters, and bring them unto me. And another thing that jumps out at me is that these boys had on earrings. I don't know if you ever noticed that. But I'm like, what does this dude, the dude got on earrings? Okay. Verse 3. And all the people break off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them at their hand and fashioned it with a graven tool. Remember, we're talking about corrupting now. Christians who corrupt and defile and received them at their hands and fashioned them with a graven tool after he had made it a molten calf. And they said, these be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made proclamation and said, tomorrow is the feast of the Lord. Now he's building this calf, this false god, and then he's talking about having a feast to the Lord. You know, we sit here and say, this guy's crazy. What about us? We sit here and say I'm a good Christian, but then we go out here, we listen to wickedness, we watch wickedness, we say wickedness, we're just like them. Don't look down on them. Because we do the same thing. Some of us do the same thing. Mm -hmm. it, I, it blows me away, the garbage God's people watch. Yeah. And then try to justify it. 
It doesn't matter. You know what? Let me tell you something, young people. It doesn't matter that if your parents let you do it, if you know it goes against God, it doesn't matter what they say or what they allow you to do. Well, my parents let me do it. Where well, you're going to stand before God by yourself, not with your mom and dad. Yes, sir. Stop making excuses for our sin. Right. Are we the type of Christian who corrupts, who defiles? God help us. Yes, sir. So there's, God, there's Christian people out here who do stuff like this. We're reading about it. Verse 6 of Exodus 32. And they rose up early in the morning. And all, I wonder if they rose up early in the morning to worship the real God. They gonna rise up early in the morning to worship a false one. Yeah. And they rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings and burnt peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. And the Lord said unto Moses, Get thee down for thy people which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. Mm -hmm. Verse 8, and they have turned aside quickly. <laughs> it's amazing to me how many God's people will leave church and it's like they never was there. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It could be you. You leave church, this, you leave tonight after hearing from the Lord and you'll go home and still have a bad attitude. No, nothing changes. Mm -hmm. yep. Blows me away. Yep, yep. Again, we talk about these people. We do the same thing. We get out of church and we go turn on the wickedness on TV. We go turn on the godless music. We say we disrespectful to our parents. We say stuff out of our mouths. Now, you may not actually do these things, but some of you think it. Mm -hmm. And it's in your heart. Just because you don't say it doesn't mean God doesn't know. That's right. I mean, come on, let's be real. Verse 8, and they turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. Young people, you know which way you're supposed to go. You know exactly which way you're supposed to go. And it's not this way. You know which way you're supposed to go. Turn thee quickly out of the way, and I commanded them that they uh, made them a molten calf and have worshipped them and have sanctified and have sanctified thereunto and said, verse 8, There be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Does God say that about us? You stiff-necked. Let me break it down to today's terms. You're hard-headed. Can't nobody tell you anything. Because we know it all already. You know, the Lord has a way of dealing with a stiff-necked people. You keep being stiff-necked. Keep doing the stuff that we know we shouldn't be doing. Mm -hmm. The Lord has a way of dealing with it. Verse 10. Now, therefore, let me alone that my wrath may wax hot against them and that I may consume them. And I will make of thee a great nation. The Lord was ready to wipe them jokers out. Yeah. Because of their sin. Not because he's a mean, hateful God, because of their wickedness. Mm -hmm. Am I a corrupt Christian? The second part, we got to blow. I'm probably skip a lot of this stuff because I don't want to keep you guys too late. A corrupt Christian. Are we a Christian that defiles or pollute? Second one, to entice another definition. So what we're going to do is with these word corrupt, we're going to look at several different def definitions and have portions of scripture to kind of go with it. 
Okay? So we had to defile or pollute. The second one is this, to entice from good and allure to evil. To entice. You know what? I hate to say this. We have kids in not just this Christian school, other Christian schools who try to entice other people to do wrong. That's right. If sinners entice thee, what are we supposed to do? Consent thou not. But we have young people in this school and others who try to entice people, mm -hmm. to pull them away. The snickering and all the kind of stuff that we do. To entice from good and allure to evil. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And we're going to read. Uh, we're going to start in. We're going to read the first. Four verses, then we're going to jump to another part. So, talking about entice from good and allure to evil. St. Corinthians 11, verse 1. Would God, uh, ye could bear with me a little in my folly, and indeed bear with me. For I am jealous over you with goodly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear, lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve. Tricked her, beguiled Eve. Through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Verse 4. But if he that cometh preaches another gospel, there will be people that come to you that are preaching to you false teachers. Okay, false teachers try to allure you away from the truth. That's what they do. For if he that cometh preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if ye received another spirit which ye have not received, or another gospel which ye have not uh, accepted, ye might well bear with him. Jump down to verse 13. For such as false uh, apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. They look like they're the right thing, but they're ravening wolves. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministry, if his ministers also be transformed. As the ministers of righteousness who end shall be according to their works. There will be some people, unfortunately, pastors and other people who will try to allure. This is why it's so important that you get in this book. Right. Because a lot of you, some of you, you go visit family, you go out of town, you go to other churches, this and that. You're going to need to know if that pastor is on point with what this book says. Right. If you're not in the book, you're going to be easily swayed, swayed and persuaded. And pulled away and enticed because you don't know what it says. You figure, oh, he's the pastor. He must know what he's talking about. I, the one thing I've always said is I appreciate about not saying I pastor doesn't do this. One thing I appreciate about Brother Ron is that Brother Ron has always encouraged the congregation to study the Bible. Right. And to know for your, know what you believe, young people, and why. Yes. This is why Brother Tom does these things about show me this verse here, show this. So you know what you believe and why. Yeah. It's not just to get a piece of candy. To be honest, it's really to know what the scripture says. So when you have those conversations with family members and young people and other people who say something about the Bible, you know how to defend it. This is why. Some of you don't know how to defend it. You know why? Because you don't know what's in it. Why don't you know what's in it? Because you don't read it. You don't. Some of you have been coming here for years and I don't, can you even, you don't know what's in it. 
Because it's more important that you watch anime or anime or whatever this stuff is. You don't know what's in it. Am I a corrupt Christian? Do I defile? Do I pollute? Do I entice in the, in the Lord? Next one. To pervert, to falsely, to, um, to pervert, to falsify, to infect with errors. As to corrupt the sacred text. Malachi chapter 2. Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament before you get to Matthew. So you know. <clears throat> Malachi chapter 2. And I'm going to read for the sake of time. We're talking about falsify to infect with errors. To corrupt the sacred text. Malachi chapter 2. Look at verse 1. The burden of the, the, burden of the word of the Lord uh, to Israel... Uh, by Malachi, I have loved you, saith the Lord, yet ye say, wherein hath ye loved us? Um, was not Esau Jacob's brother, saith the Lord, yet I have loved Jacob? I hated Esau. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm reading the wrong chapter. I'm reading chapter one. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Chapter two. Oh, now, oh, ye priests, this commandment is for you. Remember, we're talking about polluting the text, corrupt. If ye will not hear, I will, <clears throat> if ye will not hear, and if ye will not lay it to your heart to give glory unto my name, saith the Lord of hosts, I will even send a curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings. Yea, I have cursed them already, because ye do not lay it to heart. Mm -hmm. Behold, I will corrupt your seed, and spread dung upon your faces, even the dung of your solemn feasts. And one shall take you away with it. Verse 4 of Malachi chapter 2. And ye shall know that I have sent this commandment unto you, that my covenant might be with Levi, saith the Lord of hosts. My covenant was with him of life and peace, and I gave them to him for the fear, uh, for the fear wherewith he feared me and was afraid before my name. The law of truth was in his mouth. Get this, young people. The law of truth was in his mouth. And iniquity was not found in his lips. Mm -hmm. He walked with me in peace and, and uh, equity and did, and did turn many away from iniquity. Okay? Mm -hmm. We're talking about falsify the text. Look at verse 7. For the priest's lips should keep knowledge, and they should seek the law in his mouth. For he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. Verse 8. But ye are departed out of the way. Ye have caused many to stumble. Is that us? Is that you? Is that me? Do I cause people to stumble because I want to change the text? Causing people to be in a stumbling block. A Christian that's causing somebody to, to fall. Ye are departed out of the way. Ye have caused many to stumble at the law. Ye have corrupted the covenant of Levi, save the Lord of hosts. Therefore have I also made you uh, contemptible and base before all the people, according as ye have not kept my ways, but ye have been partial in the law. Hmm. Corrupt. Oh, I have this written down. Verses 1 to 3 in that chapter is judgment, God's judgment. Right. Verse 4 through 7 is God's truth. Is the truth of God. Verse 8 through 9 is, cor is corrupting, corruption, judgment. Mm -hmm. Again, if you want to say. Let me say this, young people. Disobedience always brings judgment of God. Mm -hmm. Always. This is, a, this is the thing. We don't know when the judgment's going to come. Now, sometimes God will tell them. Sometimes God says, was it like uh, Jonah in 40 days, whatever? This right, is right. where the hammer's going to come down. Yeah. 
Sometimes that happens. But this day and age, a lot of times, we don't know when judgment's going to fall. He's just saying, if you continue, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. And then we play around. <clears throat> we play around because, as I said many times before, we play around because no immediate judgment has happened. We watch something wicked, we don't lose our vision. Yeah. <clears throat> we listen to bad music, we can still hear. <clears throat> we say these words, nothing's happened. And we think we're okay. And God, eventually, if that continues, young people, God's judgment will always fall. Yes, sir. I don't know when. I don't know how. Moving on. To pervert. <clears throat> um, let me see. Let me jump down to uh, the corruption. A corrupt, a corrupt um, Christian is disobedient. That's the next one, last one we're going to go through. Corrupt Christian, you're disobedient. You don't do what you're told. For the sake of time, go over to 1 Samuel. This is a familiar portion of scripture. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's a lot of verses. And I know it's getting late. But you guys are doing awesome. Okay? I know the girls had a volleyball game. You're tired. You want to go home and shower and go to bed. But you're probably not going to go to bed. You're probably going to watch TV. <laughs> it's Friday. They're not going to go to sleep. Right. They're going to get on the Xbox and talk to each other. They just spend eight hours with them. Like they haven't seen them all day. <laughs> I don't know. So 1 Samuel chapter 15. <clears throat> Excuse me. 1 Samuel chapter 15. I'm going to read a couple of these guys, but again, it's so many verses. I wanted to read the whole chapter, but I'm not going to. All right. So talking about a corrupt Christian is disobedient. All right. 1 Samuel 15. Samuel. Verse 1, Samuel also said unto Saul, the Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people over Israel. Now, therefore, hearken thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. So pretty much we know this story. The Lord told Samuel, uh, excuse me, told Solomon what he wanted to do. So verse 3 tells, verse 3 tells uh, what, what he told Saul to do. Now go and smite the Amalekites. And utterly destroy all that they have. Guys, what was the instructions? Destroy all. Mm -hmm. Remember, a corrupt Christian is disobedient. God told him to destroy everything. Let's finish reading verse 3. Okay? Somebody got to go. Bye, Natalie. Now go and smite Amalekite and utterly destroy all that they have and spare them not. Verse 3. But slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. All of it. Yep. I don't want anything left. Yep. Okay. Nothing left. Verse uh, 8. And he took, of course, they went in, they, they fought, they killed some things, but they kept saying. Then in verse 8 says, and he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive. And utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. God, that's that. See, a corrupt Christian is disobedient. Mm -hmm. See, we want to do half of the truth and think we're good. Mm. That's what we want to do. Well, God, I did this part. No, no, you didn't do everything that I told. It's it, okay. Most of you, one day, you're going to be a parent, and if you say go clean, go do the dishes, and let's say all they clean is just the plates, what are you going to say as a parent? What are you doing? Well, I did the dishes, Mom. I did the dishes, Dad. No, you didn't. Is that obedience or disobedience? 
It's disobedience, right? We know, can sit here and say, that child is disobedient. What makes us think that we're any different when God tells us specifically what to do and we don't do, we do half? Right. The same reason why we would look at our child and say, you didn't do all that I told you to do. You only did part of it. It's the same way God is looking at us when we, just, when we don't do everything that he tells us to do. Mm-hmm. That we can do. So, uh, guys, I'm not going to read all that. Of course, we know Saul said that I did it all. I obeyed the Lord. And he said, what is this bleeding of the sheep in my ear? Why do I hear all this stuff going on? These sheep yep. and all this yep. kind of yep. stuff. Yep. Why you have a gag? Mm-hmm. And then he blamed it on the people. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Wait a minute. You're in charge. Yeah. God told you, this is what I want you to do. Wipe them out. <clears throat> you disobeyed. Then you went, Tom, isn't that what we did? We disobeyed. Then we want to say, oh, it's somebody else's fault. Mm. No, it's yours. Mm-hmm. We want to blame everybody else. I get so tired of hearing people blame somebody for their disobedience. Yeah. No, okay. it's not their fault. That's it's right. yours. Mm-hmm. It's mine. We just didn't do what we were supposed to do. Yes, a corrupt Christian. Now, which one am I? Am I a good one? Am I a crow? Am I disobedient? What's the term I used to hear my wife say that her dad used to tell her all the time? Delayed. That what is it? Delayed obedience is disobedience. You do it, but you kind of hesitate. Mm-hmm. Guys, which one am I? We would probably say, well, I'm trying to do the best I can and I'm a good Christian. Are we obedient? Are we faithful to church? Bible reading and prayer. Mm. Now, the other flip out. Am I a corrupt one? Do I entice people? Do I pull them away? Mm. Do I am I disobedient to God's command? Do I try to corrupt his word? Mm. Now, I would be willing to say that most of us probably don't do that. And we don't try to change God's word. We don't try to change God's word, but you know what? There may be some of us who are disobedient. There's some of us who try to allure because misery loves company. We want to allure our friends. We want to pull them with us. We don't want to be alone in our sin. It could be your brother or your sister. Doesn't matter who it is, but are we that type of person? Guys, as I close, as Brother Tom is going to come up here in a minute, what type of Christian am I? Dear me, Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for this day. I thank you for this opportunity, Lord. Father, I just pray that you just be with us, Lord. As I was preparing this, Lord, you, you spoke to me. Uh, Father, I pray that you just help me, Lord, to be obedient, to be faithful in my, my devotion time and church and everything, Lord. Spending time with you and just telling people about you, Lord. We didn't talk about soul winning. We didn't talk about telling people about you. Are we obedient in doing that? Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every preacher. Are we ashamed? Lord, I just pray that you help us all, Father. You may have, I don't know what these guys are going through or what, they may, what may be happening in their lives. But Lord, I pray that you deal with your people. Have your way. Do what only you can, Father. We love you. We thank you for your goodness, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen.